Good morning. I welcome each and every one of you to this divine service this morning, and I pray God's very richest of blessings as we gather around his word and sacrament. For those of you, I am Pastor Jim Oster. I live in Accident, Maryland, where my last call was, and I am now retired, so I'm able to be out with folks in the circuit and in the general area on, on Sunday mornings when pastors needed to be away. As far as announcements this morning, I simply invite everyone to join us for our Bible study following the service, as Charles Wallace will be leading that study this morning, and, you know, again, for that time of enrichment as we gather around God's Word. The Old Testament reading appointed for this day is found recorded in the book of the prophet Jeremiah, as we read from the 28th chapter. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to Hananiah the prophet in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord make the words that you have prophesied come true and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. Yet hear now this word that I speak in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people, the prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes to pass, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading for the day is found recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Romans as we read from the seventh chapter. Do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives? Thus a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions, aroused by the law, were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve not under the old written code, but in the new life of the Spirit. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. Apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. So the law is holy 
and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin, producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God to which you and I would direct our attention this Lord's Day is certainly the gospel reading for today. And again, those opening words, as Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. My dear friends in Christ, on Tuesday, you and I will celebrate our nation's independence and the freedoms that we enjoy as a people Yes, the freedoms that we sometimes even take for granted. If I were to ask each one of you today to write down on a piece of paper three of the freedoms that you hold most dear, what would you write? That of religion? That of speech? What about of assembly? Have you ever thought about the peace that you and I enjoy as a people as being one of the freedoms that our Heavenly Father has given us? If we think about things, we recognize that we are not engaged in any major conflict with any of our neighbors. And you know, that kind of peace is something that is longed for by so many around the world. And so we remember with gratitude, even today, those who have given their lives, either in service or making the ultimate sacrifice so that you and I might enjoy this peace and freedom. But as you and I hear the words of the gospel reading today, Jesus is speaking to you and me of a different kind of peace and freedom. The peace and freedom that he gives to all who call him Lord. Yes, being Jesus' disciple, even in this 21st century, has its costs. And yet... As I speak of the peace and the freedom that Jesus brings and gives, he makes a statement that almost seems contradictory when he says, I did not come to bring peace but a sword. 
As we hear the words of the angels announcing Jesus' birth, we remember that they sang, Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But what was this peace of which they sang? Certainly the first century world saw the Roman armies occupying the areas of what we call the Middle East today. So did the angel's message bring or mean that this occupation was going to come to an end? History tells us that it didn't. You see, my friends, the peace of which the angels sang, the peace that Jesus brings even today is the peace that comes from sins forgiven, of sin being defeated and destroyed. Each one of us, young and old alike, is confronted with temptation to sin every day, whether we're alone in our homes, at work, or, yes, with our family or friends. The old Adam in us, that old sinful nature that every one of us still has, is fighting and finds delight in give, as it would have us give in to the temptation, to indulge the flesh, to disregard God's will for our lives. And that disregard for God's will, his law, is our disobedience. And it brings God's judgment. And so Jesus soared to cut us away from the sin that would hold us captive, to cut us away from our love of sin and to set us free that we would serve him, our Savior. And yet there oftentimes is a price to pay. Jesus tells us that relationships are going to be disrupted. A son will be against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So the question becomes, will it be obedience to God or will it be giving in to Satan's temptation? Do we continue in our sin simply to get along with the world around us or do we take our stand? Do we take our stand and, with God's help, turn away from every temptation that Satan so cunningly puts before us? Unfortunately, my friends, too often we choose that path of least resistance and we give in to the temptation. And yet, we remember that Jesus warns, anyone who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. With those words, Jesus is not giving us license to dishonor our parents or the authorities that he has placed over us. The fourth commandment remains in effect. But Jesus is teaching us that there is an order of priority in our lives. Our love for and our obedience to him is always first. And then our love for and our obedience to those around us, especially those who has, whom he has placed in authority over us. But you know, sometimes that order is going to cause us to suffer at the hands of those whom we love. Whether that suffering comes in the form of criticism or ridicule, ostracism or shunning, in Christ we have the perfect example by which we are to be living our lives every day. I am not saying to you that we've got to be nailed to a cross and die its death, 
But we are being called to willingly suffer whatever this world will put upon us for the sake of the gospel. Even as Christ suffered the death of the cross to pay for our every sin, whether they be the sins of the past, of the present moment, or those that will be committed in the future. You see, you and I dare never draw back from our witness of the truth of the gospel, no matter how unpleasant the consequences might be. Remember the concluding words of the gospel reading from last Sunday when Jesus said, Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny him or disown him before my Father in heaven. Again, I say to you that, yes, you and I are called to be his disciples in this time and in our respective communities. The gospel, in all of its truth and purity, is the only message that you and I have to give to this world around us. And we live our lives as a witness to the truth. And only, and only in the message of the gospel do we have life in all of its fullness, life that is given to us by the Holy Spirit that gives new meaning For Jesus is now first in our lives, in all that we do and say. The life of the world, the life given to sin, has been put away. It has been put to death. And now Jesus reigns in you and me with the gifts of forgiveness and eternal life. (coughs) Excuse me. And given this new life in Christ... We need always be remembering in faith that our new life is given by, to us by our Savior as free gift. We've done nothing to earn it. In the waters of baptism, yes, the Holy Spirit began his work of faith in our hearts. Faith by which we would take hold of and believe Jesus' precious promises. That by his suffering, death, and resurrection, all of our sins have been removed, forgiven, And now you and I stand reconciled to our Father in heaven, and the gift of eternal life is ours, all because of Jesus' sacrificial love for us. (coughs) Excuse me. Eternal life through Christ, purchased and won by the shedding of his blood, so that you would have new life in this world, where sin is no longer your master, but a new life in confident faith, even as we read in Romans chapter 6, that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Until that day when we are called from this world into eternal life, yes, our Savior would have us be his witnesses. Jesus would have you and me be extensions of his hands and voice. He would have you and me be reaching out with the message of the gospel. For his is the only message of hope and assurance. That yes, Jesus has died for the sins of the world. And that through him, we do have that perfect peace. Taking care of our own. Being witnesses to our own. Jesus wants us to be doing this, yes. 
But at the same time, he would have each one of us be reaching beyond our four walls with the message of the saving gospel. (coughs) He would have us being passionate for those who have not yet heard that he also suffered and died for them, that they too would have this gift of peace and eternal life. So my friends, as this 4th of July holiday approaches, as we celebrate the freedoms that we enjoy as a people, may we also be giving thanks to our Heavenly Father that Jesus is the true source or the only source of true peace and real freedom, and that he gives us his peace through his word and through the blessed sacrament as we come to his altar today. But it is not for today only. It is for tomorrow and for all of the days to come, even to the day of the dawning of eternal life. God grant us that peace. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.